The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Barely Filtered. Today, we're going in kind of a different direction. We don't usually go political, but we figure we like to, you know, touch on a broad range of topics. And we have today Christina Pascucci, who has worked as a news reporter for KTLA 5 and Fox 11 for, I think, a better part of a decade. But she recently has announced her candidacy for the U.S. Senate. She's a very young and vibrant 38-year-old, and she's running as an independent Democrat. She's looking to fill the seat left by Diane Feinstein. Pascucci is new to politics and described herself as a lifelong Californian, a tireless community activist, and a renowned journalist. She's actually reported from more than 100 countries, including war zones in the Ukraine and conflict areas around the globe. She says that she is a migrant advocate, noting that her mother immigrated to the United States. She has a dream of giving her children a better future, don't we all? She also cited her work on behalf of mental health awareness, foster youth, and homeless families. And we know here in California, we have a really big problem with the homeless community. So I'm really happy that you're tackling this head on. Pascucci told um, Politico she is running as an independent Democrat who aims to be a moderate consensus builder and plans to appeal to the Latino and the undecided voters. Personally, I like the idea of something a little bit in the middle. Sounds like you're going to be a moderate, but I'm going to let you speak to this. So thank you so much for being with us today. Okay. Well, the first observation I had with you is obviously I did my research and I'm listening to you on other podcasts and you are an Italian Democrat and I didn't know those existed. (laughs) We're both Italian too. (laughs) I love it. Although I'm an independent Democrat, so I try to differentiate from I have that on my list. Yeah, Yeah, what is that? What is an independent Democrat? So I I felt it was important to make a distinction between what we see today with the Democratic Party and what I feel like I am, which is more of a JFK era Democrat, Mm. maybe more fiscally conservative, but still believe in a woman's right to her body, human rights in general. Because the way that the parties are described has just fallen from extremes. Yeah. Even in the last 10 years. Even the way you're describing that, like when I hear Democrat, I'm like, no, I'm not that. And then like when you describe that, I'm like, I kind of want to be that. But I consider (laughs) myself like a libertarian just because I'm like, you do you, I'll do me. And like, I don't know. But it's true. The the Republican and Democrats, like neither of them sound that good to me right now. No, they really don't. I think it just comes down to common sense. Mm -hmm. And in this political machine that we find ourselves in, which has been a wild journey in of itself. But I, I think that it's just everyone has a little bit of a different perspective at the end of the day, though. We agree on most of the same things, Right. And that's what we were talking with one of our girlfriends who's a Democrat and I am a Republican. You know, that's how I identify. I'm, I'm yeah. a. I like to say a California conservative, which I think are the best type of people <laughs> because they they're fiscally conservative, but mm-hmm. they love gay marriage. They're you know, they, they believe in a, a woman's choice. It, it's, you know, at the end of the day, maybe a libertarian. But now yeah, I'm always like, Kristen, you're not Republican. You just want to live in Nashville. <laughs> right. You don't but, have to call yourself Republican. But it's funny because we think these most extreme things. So I like the the idea of an independent like JFK type because love JFK. But when I thought I was like, oh, my gosh, we have a, a Democrat woman. I was like, it's Hillary. You <laughs> She's know, like, infiltrating yeah, the building. Exactly. <laughs> like I think of like Nancy Pelosi and Hillary. like I have nightmares about Hillary Clinton. And it's like <laughs> oh, not no. all Democrats are like that and not all Republicans are. Yeah. Extreme. So I kind of like this idea of 
a new definition, it sounds like, of what you're trying to do. I think we need to create a paradigm shift of, of what the future of the parties look like and, and what we want from ourselves as a society. Because what we see, I think most would agree, is not working. It's yeah. not working. And I think it's also just being in California and you are running as for a California senator. Right. You know, the chances of a Republican getting elected like are kind of not, yeah. not, yeah. not it. So it's Zero. like, let's try to yeah. make it something that might happen so we can have like a reasonable outcome. Right? right. Yeah. And I mean, when you look at my opponents who are a lot more left, they want to make minimum wage $50, for example. And that is a sure way to strangle every single business in California immediately. Yeah. And I think from my experience and just being in the trenches, any given topic you could mention, I've done dozens of investigations or stories on it as a journalist. And so I have a really good grasp and kind of well-rounded approach and perspective. And so it's just, again, it comes down to common sense. And sadly, common sense missing. is not common. No, <laughs> But, no, but like you said, like I, and what my point was earlier, sorry, is that we kind of want all the same things. We just have different ideas of how to get there. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned that you were a journalist for people who are, you know, aren't from LA. That's a, quite a like jump. You're in the media field and now you're running for Senator. What made you want to run yeah. for Senate? I think interviewing thousands of people, seeing all their problems, seeing the degradation in my own state. I was born and raised outside of Los Angeles in the Valley. And I, I just was increasingly dismayed by it. It was so sad to hear how they weren't feeling seen, heard, how I interviewed leader after leader who say they would do things they didn't do. They mm -hmm. were completely ineffective. The political jargon and BS, I can't stand. Oh. And I just, I want authenticity and I crave that. And I, I wasn't seeing it and our leaders. And then I was finding with different issues, I was taking more action than they were taking. For example, one of my opponents, you know, he has a, a huge Armenian population that is part of his constituency. He's, he's a current congressman. And I, I went to Armenia during the war when there was this impending genocide. And I, I shined a light on what was happening. And he wrote a statement. And I just, statements aren't going to no, do the job. Thank you for your thoughts and prayers. That's yeah. exactly. We, we had what a podcast we episode we put out today with Gabby Reese, and that's exactly one of the things she said. It's like, oh, you're grateful? It's like, where's the demonstration? It's mm -hmm. like, it's so much lip service, and it's just like, everyone's just trying to cover their own ass, but they're not really, like, it's like, they don't actually care about the issues at hand. And that's what makes me different, too, is that I'm willing, even though I identify as an independent Democrat, there's a lot of problems within the Democratic Party, and I'm willing to talk about it and call it out. Yeah. You know, like when we're talking about crime and some Democrats say, oh, crime's not that bad. Clearly <laughs> crime is a problem a, and, it, an and it has gone up and you can manipulate the numbers where some arenas it hasn't, but overall it's up and we all feel it. Yeah. yeah. I have a question for you about dun, 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 <laughs> the homelessness <laughs> yes. problem oh, that we have in yeah. California. It's <laughs> like, what would your solution be to something like mental illness and it being rampant on the street and us mm -hmm. calling it like, you know, homelessness? And to piggyback off, I, I'm sorry, it's unhoused, Aurora. Okay, <laughs> okay sorry. But Get to right. piggyback on that, Jess, I also want to hear your thoughts on Newsom cleaning up San Francisco like in a heartbeat for the Chinese government coming in. Okay. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> what what can we do? What are your thoughts on that? A lot to unpack there. Yeah, let's, yes. Let's, let's, let's talk about the homelessness. Well, it's it a shows huge issue. when there is a political will, it can be done. Mm -hmm. I think people are realizing it's not compassionate to let people live on the street and that sometimes forced or mandatory treatment is important. And so there's this new thing called care court where they're trying to do that. It's not nearly on the scale that it needs to be, but they're acknowledging, okay, in some cases we need mandatory treatment for the worst, the most severe mental health cases. When it comes to homelessness and what I saw as a reporter, and I did a lot of philanthropic work also throughout my career as a journalist or, or separate of that, but uh, I worked a lot with foster youth and half of the 
homeless population was in the foster care system. Mm -hmm. And no one's putting the resources behind that to actually support them when they transition out of foster care. So that to me would be a no brainer, really easy approach right off the bat where we could jump in and say, okay, we need to give these foster youth the resources they need. You can't just drop them off when they're turn 18 or Mm -hmm. 21 in California and say, good luck. Because a lot of 35-year-olds are still living with their parents. Let's be oh, real. Totally. Yeah, you know? Especially today's day and age. The foster yeah. system is so heartbreaking to me. Just the, well, first of all, I mean, when you think about how much people are getting paid who work for the foster system, it's like these people are not really incentivized to get high levels of education, mm-hmm. to continue their work, to continue their education, to, you know, serve this system better. It's And, and then also the ultimate goal of like reuniting with a family that is not, Good for the kids a lot of times like oh but it's right. so interesting because like I had no idea that such a good a big portion of homelessness is the root of foster children and it's like you said if we can just go to the root and we say hey here's the pattern let's stop it before it happens why aren't we doing that and, and that's a genuine question yeah why aren't we putting like why aren't we like acknowledging this it seems to be growing like these tents communities, they're communities. Yeah. Like it's oh, full-blown communities. Like, and some of them are very advanced yes. in terms of their AV system yeah. and all kinds of things yeah. like going phones. on in there. Yeah. So like, why why are people just like, I see cops just walking by, like, why aren't we doing anything about it? What's we are. So benefit? to the, the homelessness crisis, I mean, it's growing faster than they can house people. Their mm-hmm. argument would be that they have housed, you know, say 60,000 and then 70,000 have become homeless. So still it's a net gain. I think all of these issues are so interconnected. And for me, it starts with even the foundation of our society with our lack of quality education across zip codes with, you know, the lack of support for women. I'm six months pregnant. I wasn't going to have maternity leave from my work. I was going to have to get disability from the state. And the disability from the state is really small. Yeah. It was going to be a tiny fraction of of my income. And when you have a mortgage, that's really difficult on families. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how can we expect society to thrive if we're not supporting our families from the beginning and our kids from the beginning? I know. I feel so. I'm actually I'm born and raised. My husband's born and raised both in California. And I feel and I've always talked highly and had an amazing experience. But I feel in today's day and age, I'm, I'm a mother of three kids. I feel like my hand is forced at this mm-hmm. point to leave for many reasons from safety and homelessness. I'm in San Diego. So border control is a huge, huge issue. I had a friend that was just held up at gunpoint by an immigrant. And there's just so many issues and obviously the inflation, the taxing, all of that. So what would you say to people in my shoes who feel like they have to leave a place that they love? What would you say to those families about California? I was in your shoes Good too. Job. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I, I, it pains me to hear that because being a native, I love this state. I think it's one of the best places to live, even in the midst of all this chaos and all the problems we see. But but I feel like we're losing it yeah. for sure. And I was thinking with my husband, too, you know, what it'd be like to live in Nashville mm-hmm. or or somewhere else where it's so much more affordable. And I was just at this anniversary yesterday, the 100 year anniversary of the Biltmore Hotel downtown. Mm-hmm. And to think of what was happening in 1923 in L.A., business was booming. These mm-hmm. industries, you had aerospace and oil and the movie industry. And people were saying, come to California. You mm-hmm. have amazing weather. The housing is cheap. And it's just, I you know, I was there then. Why, I know. What do you think has caused like, the demise of California? Is it Newsom? I, think, <laughs> I, I signed the petition. So. Yeah. I think it's 
it's a million different things. And I go back to the foundation. So mm-hmm. education, if you're not reading at grade level by third grade, you're exponentially more likely to end up in jail, homeless or on welfare. And that's a fact. That's a it's statistic. A fact. Yeah. And more than 60% of students in LAUSD don't read at grade level by third grade. Yep. So we're failing our kids. Is and that laziness? I think, I think it's a multitude of things there too. So the federal government has underfunded education in California since the 70s. And also where the money goes, you know, like there's a lack of accountability with the money. So we've had billions thrown at homelessness. Obviously, it's still a major problem. I think a part of that is that we're not, you know, as a reporter, I would expose some of the corruption or or the lack of, of accountability of funds within the attempt to fight homelessness. So you would see some of the people who were tasked with addressing the issue. They'd be given iPads. And then they go sit in their cars in a parking lot. Yeah. And I'm not saying a lot of people aren't trying to do the good work, mm-hmm. but there needs to be a different system and structure in place. So we see where, where and how that money is being used. I have totally. to say it's very refreshing to hear you because I feel like you genuinely and I, I feel this with Kennedy running and Bernie, like all different, you know, across the board. Like, I feel like you genuinely care. I don't feel that when I look at the robot like Newsom from American Psycho. <laughs> It's like I, we need people that care. We need like the laziness. And when it goes to the tax dollars, that's what's frustrating for me mm-hmm. is I, I see these news articles. And it's like I just saw this one last week and it was 150 inmates on death row with our tax dollars went under the transgender reassignment with thousands on the waiting list. So these are murders that my money is going towards. But then there's people on the street or there's kids who are getting no funding and it's like where the priorities seem so they need, off. need to be reassessed yeah. and we need to completely shift our our focus of what we care about. And thanks for saying that because I care so much. That's why I didn't leave and I decided to fight. And I think of my daughter's future and I want her and her generation to have a better California than how we found it. And right now we're really screwing up. I have a new favorite acne skincare brand, and what I love about these guys is that they are also anti-aging. Clearstem Skincare is a revolutionary skincare brand that's both anti-aging and anti-acne with zero known hormone disruptors. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm in well into my 30s now and still struggle with acne sometimes. And we know that it's just, it's from the inside out. And a lot of times it has to do with hormones and we feel like this is a battle we're just never going to win. If you've ever dealt with breakouts, you know that acne products dry and damage the skin. But on the flip side, anti-aging products oftentimes cause breakouts because they're made with this thick, pore-clogging fillers. But Clearstem has done something different. They've created a category all of their own, anti-aging, anti-acne, and free of hormone disruptors category. It's based on years of experience running their San Diego acne clinic and taking a holistic root cause of acne approach. It combines all three categories of skincare. Anti-aging meets anti-acne meets clean beauty. And if you're interested, my favorite products are the Gentle Clean Vitamin Infused Calming Wash and the Cell Renew Collagen Stem Cell Serum. I love both of these. If you guys want to try it, visit clearstemskincare.com and use code BARELYFILTERED for 15% off. That's clearstem.com and use code BARELYFILTERED for 15% off your order. Okay, you guys, I dropped this supplement that I've been using for a few years now on an episode a couple weeks back in 
Never have I ever received so many messages about this brand. It is called Aventura. So I want to tell you guys today about Aventura. Aventura Elevate, which I take, is a nootropic supplement. And if you're like, what's a nootropic supplement? Let me put this in layman's term. It's kind of like a multivitamin, but for your brain. So a nootropic supplement like Elevate supports cognitive health, clears brain fog, and supports energy and gut health. So short-term, it has really helped me with just focus from day-to-day tasks. And for someone like me who used to take Adderall, but really kind of almost got up anxiety and a guilty feeling and a cracked out feeling, which I personally just felt gross after taking, I was looking for a substitute and that is Elevate. Long-term dementia runs in my family. So this is something I'm trying to be proactive versus reactive about now in my young 30s is how do I prevent this down the line? So it's going to have amazing ingredients like lion's mane that supports brain, gut, and overall immune health. So it's really cool in my book. So I wanted to share that with you guys today. If you're looking for whether it's short-term focus or you're just trying to get through your day or you're trying to be proactive against brain issues down the line, I highly, highly suggest a nootropic like Aventura's Elevate. So I have a 30, yes, 30% discount code for you today. Use code BARELYFILTERED to give Elevate a try. If you don't love it, they give you your money back. Super simple, no risk guaranteed to you. So again, that's barely filtered code. And I highly, highly suggest it. Enjoy. Hey girl, hey, welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker. You might know me from Sirius XM Radio. I mean, I was there for like 12 years after all. But then Howard Stern allegedly got jealous of me, so I had to leave. I was actually able to pull myself up by the bootstraps and start my own podcast, Taste of Taylor, which is now officially with Dear Media. I'm so excited to say that. Ha! So I promise you in this podcast, you're going to either learn about something, you're going to be inspired by someone that's like always coming from a perspective of like humor, then this is the place for you. I hope you enjoy this little snack. What do you think are the the main pillars? You know, let's say you, you win and you move forward. What are the main pillars that you want to focus on? So... Oh, there's so much. Yeah. It's like, where do you even start? <laughs> One thing that I'm especially skilled in as a journalist, and then also I went to more than 100 countries across seven continents interviewing world leaders, everyone from former President Trump to the Dalai Lama. And I, I've seen a lot and learned a lot of different perspectives. And I think, you know, seeing how the world's losing respect for us, I want to bring back real leadership mm-hmm. and like show what that looks like rather than finger pointing and, and this disaster we see in Washington right now. Just we need more leaders like that to bring us back to our ideals. And also because of everything I've seen, I'm really skilled at fighting misinformation and polarization. Mm. And so that's just one general feeling of what I would want to bring to leadership in terms of what I would want to address. The border crisis, I think, is very important. Ooh, what do you Um, feel about that? What's your well, perspective. Is it the traditional Democrat perspective? <laughs> uh, I, well, I, get, I have a multitude of perspectives there, too, because I was the lead of this organization where we work with children of war and we go into all these different areas and including working at the border. So I saw the humanitarian component. Mm. And then I've also reported on the security component mm-hmm. with all of these people who are on terror watch lists trying to get into our country. Mm-hmm. So I think addressing it from both sides could be more of a unifying approach mm-hmm. for both Democrats and Republicans. We need to have more security. We need more mm-hmm. resources. Border patrol is drowning. I'm mm-hmm. actually going there next week for a visit. Wow. Um, and then we need more people to 
process the asylum seekers and we need a more efficient path to citizenship. It's so crazy just how ineffective our government is. This is a side note, but I just had to change my address and from my parents' address Mm -hmm. because they were in a gate and I had a stalker. And so I I used their address for a long time for some of my mailing stuff. And when I tried to change my address, the post office wasn't able to differentiate between my mom and I because we both have a C Pascucci. Mm -hmm. And so all her mail is now coming to me. Oh, my God. And (laughs) even though she has a totally different name, just because it starts with C. Yeah. And they're not able to distinguish or figure it out. It's crazy. It's like, okay, for example, this is so like minimal and first world, but I ordered a personalized license plate. Yes, I'm that girl. But I ordered it. (laughs) Over a year ago, I'm like, this is just a license plate. Like mm-hmm, anything government official, you, I'm like, I roll my eyes. I'm like, oh, this is going to take a year. Right. Have, you know, I've, I had to get two little kids' passports renewed recently. <laughs> Believe me. Our you government, had to fly to a different state. I had to, yeah, <laughs> you did? I had to fly no. to Arizona yeah. to get a passport for my daughter because I needed it within a certain amount of time. And their like accelerated list was going to still take like seven months and I don't know. Yeah, it's just like, it's just hard to get anybody also on the phone who's helpful. There's just not enough money mm-hmm. being spent. And I, I really like what you said about there being accountability for where the money is going because it just reminds me of, I think it was Facebook guy. What's his name? Zuckerberg. Zuckerberg, I think, gave like <laughs> the, some exorbitant number of money to the Newark school system. And then they did this study on like what happened to the money because it did nothing for the school system. And it's like, nobody was following it. Right. Yeah. Like it. Yeah. And like, it's like that same old adage of like, you can give a, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink or like teach them to fish. And then I don't know there's too many of them. <laughs> we gotcha. Yeah. We gotcha. But how many yeah. people, I don't know if you guys have heard this. I hear this all the time when it comes to taxes. Like that's the big issue here in California yeah. is if you can just give me like an itemized receipt. So I know where my money is going in the community. It's like, we did this road. We cleaned up this area. Like I would love to see yeah. where my money is going because when I see these death row gender reassignments, I'm like, fuck that. You know, like, sorry, excuse my language, but like, so offended. When, yeah, I am offended because like, that's where my money's going. When mm-hmm. there's kids who don't have a third grade reading level, there's other, there's, the priorities just seem so messed up. Honestly, yeah. I would, because I, I was a teacher for many years before I turned into this, whatever I am now, podcast host. And I worked at the, well, okay, so I have a master's degree in teaching, but when I came to California, I couldn't teach at LAUSD because they would only hire somebody who went through their program, even if I was had more education than that person, I couldn't be a teacher in the school system. So I had to work. I worked at a um, at a charter school and there was a lot of low income families, but um, it was like these welfare families who they were having one kid after the next. They had about seven kids. They're not doing. We know so much now about like ages, you know, before kindergarten, if you're reading, if you're singing with your kids, then they have such a higher chance of being on par by that third grade level. Right. But these parents have so many kids, they're not reading to all of them. And then the government is incentivizing them with this welfare. Like, how do you feel about welfare being incentivized by as many kids you have? I think I think there needs to be a whole new approach to, to when we think of that. I do think it's important to uplift underserved communities yeah. in a way that empowers them and gives them resources to thrive, you know, Mm -hmm. so like after school programs and making sure they have quality teachers and and things like that. I I just we're failing on every level. And it's so frustrating to watch because I think that that failure specifically around education and underserved communities is leading to this bigger divide between the haves and the have nots. And and you see the rise of extreme ideologies on the left where Mm -hmm. people feel like 
they're oppressed or they're not getting their needs mm-hmm. met. And, and it's this huge cycle that is perpetuating itself and being exacerbated by the fact that, you know, they... It's, it's so it's, true. It's so sad because it's a sad reality because it, a lot of these root in education and yet teachers are the most underpaid people. Mm-hmm. I, I saw a meme the other day. That was, this is horrible. Of course, I have like Babylon B and everything on my Instagram. <laughs> and it was like Newsom getting backlash because children aged like 10 are not literate enough to read about how to have gay sex or something because it's like they care about pushing this like you know sexual diversity agenda on these kids who like okay yeah whether or not you find that to be a valuable thing to learn how about like we start with the basics like how do you read on that note where do you stand in the youth you know specifically these younger years where they're supposed supposed to color and learn handwriting and now there seems to there seems to be this push on sexualization of children, specifically in California. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? And what changes, if any, would you propose? Yeah, there was, I covered it extensively within Glendale Unified. The parents there were really upset because it was more of a conservative community, a lot of Latino and, and Armenian communities living there. And so they were upset because there was this like a assembly where they were going to have kids as young as kindergarten learning about all kinds of things, mm-hmm. you know, like, but, but they had suggested topics or whatever. And I, I think kindergarten is too young, especially, I mean, parents want to teach their kids at their own pace, yes. mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't even think when I was in kindergarten, I, I would even know how to process that information. No. I still have to wipe my five-year-old's ass sometimes. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's ready. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. like, give me a minute. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. until you learn about yourself and discover yourself and how you interact with other people relationally, you don't have the capacity to understand where you might fall on the sex, gender, and sexuality scales. Mm-hmm. And there's also that that I don't know the specific law passed, but it was, of course, Newsom. Something <laughs> along the lines of if your child wants to be identified as something else, you're you don't owe anything to the parents. And I think a lot of that pissed off a lot of parents because yeah. you're. It seems to feel as a parent of three students or two students, but it seems like you don't want me to know what's going on in my child's life. Yeah, it I seems, disagreed with that a lot. It seems intentional, very strongly. Where I, I mean your parents are the ones who are supposed to support mm-hmm. you and give you what you need. And if you're not, if your teacher at school page. isn't telling you, yeah, I mean, how are you supposed to parent? So uh, I vehemently disagree with that. Okay. I also think with some of back just to the, what you got, where, what you were asking earlier about the books and stuff. So it's important how we talk about this. I think, for example, the border and the wall that president Trump wanted to build. I think if he had presented it in a different way, more people maybe would have been more receptive to mm-hmm. it because there's a lot of countries that have border walls. Mm-hmm. But the way it was presented is such a divisive symbol mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, it obviously didn't do us any favors. And so when you talk about how we should be speaking to our kids and what should be in the schools, we need to bring all the sides together and talk it out and yeah. see, you know, because there is things on both sides that are being a little bit manipulated or, or shifted as to what's really happening. And I think if we all were in the same room, we'd be a little bit more reasonable. For sure. I think it's great, too, that you have this media training from being a reporter. Because you're being so graceful with us right now. <laughs> we're angry Californians. No, I know. <laughs> but I just feel like so much of it, like, you know, the Trump supporters are like, this is what he meant by it. And then the other people like just take what he said or what he did, his mannerisms. And it was like, as a Trump sympathizer, and I'm going to just point to her because yeah. I'm not going to out myself or anything. I feel Sound like... Me. I feel like 
we're like, we kind of just were like, he didn't mean it like that. You know what he means. But well, like, if he's saying build a wall, people are thinking Berlin. Like, you yeah, know, it's like. Sadly, I think people have gotten so distracted and obsessed. So the left has become obsessed with hating this person that they're distracted by the message that is to literally make America great again and to make us a forceful country again. I have friends in Europe who call America ratchet and ghetto. They oh. think we're ghetto, you know, and like we used to be like, don't mess with us. And when we have strong leaders and we have people who shake your hand firmly and aren't stumbling and making back end deals with China, like we see through this. Smart people see through this. And on that note, I want your I want your opinion on people who are scared that California is going to become a communist state run back end by China. They're buying up the real estate. They're in cahoots with Newsom. What would you say to people who feel very strongly about that? Oh, God. Well, that's what <laughs> that's why I'm running is to be transparent and to speak truth to what's happening and what I see. I do think that if we don't have leaders that aren't complicit with some of the extreme ideologies we've seen, that things will continue to go down the mm -hmm. drain. And being in this race and seeing how corrupt the political machine is, how basically the people who the Democratic Party handpicks, you know, they're the ones who are the ones who are most likely to win typically, unless yeah. you can really shake shake some shit up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so all of that to me is problematic and also the exorbitant amount of money it takes mm -hmm. to get in here, which is ironic because when you look at some of my opponents who have raised, you know, like 20, 30 million dollars, they're talking about corporations and corruption around corporations. Yet what it is, it seems hypocritical. Like it's like, where'd you get your money from? There are stockholders <laughs> in those corporations. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, question. People are really scared. You know, you see this online and just in conversations, it's natural with everything going on in the last couple of years. 2024, it's predicted to be an absolute shit show. People are scared of lockdowns. They're scared of masks. You know, oh, there's this new virus that's coming from China. What would you say to those who are scared and how can we prepare ourselves? A, and then B, I want to know your thoughts on people who, specifically to those who are against wearing masks, which have been proven not to work, and those who believe in medical freedom, especially when it comes to vaccination with their children. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about that now with vaccination mm -hmm. for my child because they give like a hep B shot right when they're born, which is for an STD, yep. which yep. I don't understand mm -hmm. that one. I, okay, which part do you want me to answer yeah, no, first? Like, for, <laughs> first, time, first, yeah, sorry guys, I'm a little <laughs> riled up here. Which I got my I, pregnancy which, hormones raging too, okay, so I'm right there with you. I have to say though, just before I answer that question, is like these are the type of conversations we need to have I have such like deep rooted questions of coming from a great place, even though we're technically on opposing sides. Mm -hmm. And you're handling these questions so gracefully. And I'm trying to understand you. And we need more of this. We need yeah. to have these conversations and understanding each other because at the end of the day, we want the same thing. We want America to be great again. We want California to be the beautiful land where you come to like accomplish all your dreams and can do anything. We want to make it great again. So back to what I was saying is where you stand essentially with potentially mass ever coming back and um, forced vaccinations. Yeah. Well, overall, that's something that I wouldn't have any bearing on anyway in the U.S. Senate because it would be the local county health officials. I do think that the masks and what happened during COVID, I mean, at the time, it's easy to judge in hindsight, right? Mm -hmm. I think at the time, there was a mixture of people doing the best they could and of them screwing up royally. And what happened with kids not being able to see faces, I mm -hmm. think was very damaging for a lot of kids. We see how far behind a lot of children are now post-COVID, especially yeah. ones who were in that critical age yeah. during COVID. I have a three-year-old. We both do. Well, yeah. yeah. So 
what I didn't understand during that time was how things like protests were allowed, but then business could have had to be closed or schools, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and so I would have liked to have seen maybe more innovative approaches or ways to figure out to get kids back in school and maybe distanced. Mm -hmm. Or I think we need to take what we learned during that time and address it for whatever comes next. Do we get to vote on this stuff? Because I don't on remember masks. ever asking if I had forced vaccination <laughs> no. with my kids. Yeah. And I like mean, you said, I think most people have good intentions. Most parents vaccinate or mask, you know, with the intention I'm protecting my, most people have good intentions. And yeah. I recognize that. But I just, I guess I'm really uncomfortable with someone telling me, especially when it comes into health of how to protect myself or my children. Yeah. And you're not alone. And especially with something like the vaccine that mm-hmm. I, has been obviously mm-hmm. so controversial and you've seen a lot of people develop different conditions and is it connected? I, I being pregnant, yeah. I don't want to get it now because I'm, I'm so sensitive to how yeah. it could impact my baby. And I also appreciate that we've come such a long way in the healthcare space. So I don't want to demonize all vaccines mm-hmm. because we're alive and are nobody our has polio anymore. Yeah. There is, like, we're space, not dying from cholera. There's a space for modern medicine. medicine. Absolutely. Yeah. But I, but I would question why we need 70 vaccines now versus 30. And yeah. I have been, you know, I'm on a learning mission around That's that. That's good. As yeah. I'm seeing it's what I'm going to give my daughter. Right? Yeah. Like One of the things that, that happy, you're like, wait, what? Like, yeah. And how by the time I think we're like eight, we've had 96 vaccines, whereas 30 years ago we had 16. And the way that the doctors are kind of incentivized to get as many shots in in one visit because the bonus. likelihood of them, people not coming back and getting more is high and, and you don't want to get behind on your vaccines. But when my daughter got her first round of vaccines, they convinced me to have three in both leg and she got really sick. Mm. You know, she was just... She didn't sleep for a few days. She ended up getting a rash. She was very cranky, irritable, in pain. And, you know, when they're that little, you don't want to give them Tylenol. You don't want to. Everything's just so new. And this was my second baby. So I didn't freak out quite like I might have with my first, which I was really just postpartum anxiety. But it's like, why is that the incentive to get as many done as possible? Mm. It doesn't seem fair. And why are we financially incentivizing these doctors if it's, you know, no, we're in, not financially the, incentivizing. Oh, them. yes, we are not to give back. Not to yes, give. they get there they were get money. COVID programs that COVID, yeah. if you could vaccinate more, that there would be some sort of incentives around that. And that is unethical, yes. obviously. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I would say something that excites me is thinking about what's possible, because I think that we're so in all of our stupidity at times, we're also brilliant and innovative and we're living at one of the most exciting times ever. And so there's all these things that we could look at when it comes to healthcare that, you know, like psychedelic research therapy, for example. Oh, I want to talk to you about this. Yeah, let's talk about it. I love anything. I, I think it's like the future. Ready to take your skin to the next level? Introducing Potenza RF microneedling treatments by Sinoshore. Potenza microneedling stimulates your body's collagen levels to give you tighter, firmer looking skin and target unsightly blemishes for a smoother, more radiant complexion. So, how does this work? The combination of ultra fine needles and radio frequency energy work together to penetrate the top layer of the skin and trigger the body's natural healing process. This kickstarts the regeneration of new collagen and elastin fibers to give you younger looking skin. Also armed with fusion tip technology, 
Potenza's Fusion Facial Treatment uses a unique, one-of-a-kind tip to drive topicals into deeper layers of the skin where it counts, leaving you with a flawless glow. Unlike some other revitalization treatments, Potenza Microneedling can be performed in all skin types, anywhere in the body and any time of the year. Treatments can be performed in just 45 minutes or less and require minimal downtime, so you can get right back to your busy schedule. Make time for your skin this season. To learn more about Potenza and its benefit, and to find a partner near you, visit aestheticsbysinoshore.com. To learn more about Potenza and its benefit, and to find a provider near you, visit aestheticsbysinoshore.com. That's A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S by C-Y-N-O-S-U-R-E.com. Enjoy! This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are some things you want to keep the same about yourself or your life in 2024? Where are you already crushing it? Think opposite of new year, new you. Around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you want to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. Personally, I've used therapy in my own life and it's really helped me to set firm boundaries in my relationships and just to better understand why some of these patterns keep showing up in my life, mostly around making choices for my relationships. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you need to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you've made already. Visit betterhelp.com slash barely filtered today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash barely filtered. That's betterhelp dot com slash barely filtered to get 10% off your first month. Okay, guys, we are taking a quick ad break and we want to be honestly upfront. This is a paid ad, but we only do things that we actually use that we actually wear. And my hippie co-host Aurora got me (laughs) on this cute little jumper sustainable. I'm trying to take a page from your book and it's from Quince. We've talked about Quince before, and it only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, which is what I'm actually trying to work on. I just got a romper that I copied from you. You actually took it out. I was like, I'll have what she's having. And I'm really excited. I I learned about it from you. Yeah, I love Quince. I mean, first of all, all of their stuff is like staple must-haves. I I like their cashmere, but I also have a couple dresses that like people are are like, okay, you need to stop wearing that every day. (laughs) All of the fabric is such high quality. And and they have this system where they actually cut the cost of the middleman by passing the savings on to us and just giving us the product straight from the source. So take the drama out of planning an outfit and upgrade your closet with Quince today. Go to quince.com slash barely filtered for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash barely filtered and get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash barely filtered. 
That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Barely Filtered and get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Barely Filtered. Enjoy. What do you think about ketamine therapy? I have a really good friend who's doing trials with it and the results have been astounding. So I'm watching all of that really closely. I don't know if you guys heard about the clinical trials, the the phase three clinical trial that MAPS did around MDMA. And they took veterans and people who had had really resistant depression. They tried everything, pharmaceuticals, any type of therapy you could imagine. It didn't work. And they gave them three different treatments, just three sessions. That's all it was. And that involved some prep work, the session itself, and then integration after. And a year at the year follow-up, 70% 70% of them no longer qualified as having PTSD. Oh, wow. And all you have to do is take some Molly. Like, this is a fun <laughs> treatment. This is, I mean, sign so, me up. So what, what's stopping things like this? Of course, I have my opinions. They're Basically, are they waiting for government to find a way to make this, make money off of it? Because it seems Whenever to be... there's change toward innovation, you, you find resistance for yeah. some reason. And I think part of that is because we try to move too fast. Mm-hmm. So I'm very passionate about the environment and conservation and taking care of it. And you you need to move at a pace that allows for the innovation without kind of like shooting yourself in the foot. Totally. If that makes sense. So same thing with psychedelics. I think if we were, there's been some efforts to decriminalize and legalize small amounts of psychedelics, which, you know, that's a totally separate issue from the psychedelic research therapy. I think if we did that too fast before the therapy and the results came through, it might be self-defeating. Yeah. But it has taken... 50 years or something since MAPS was created for, for us to reach this point. Yeah. It does seem like there's more movement now than ever, though. Yeah, People I like are, that. It's becoming the conversation is normalized. And I think that is the first step, right? Because like you said, you don't want to come too fast because people either one, they're taking too much and they're using mm-hmm. it for recreational and they're doing it for all, all the wrong reasons. Right. But even think of like marijuana, it's now totally normal. Whereas even five years ago, it was like, you smoke weed or you had to have a card to yeah. go get it and you had to have a doctor sign off like totally normalized now. I do appreciate too that you're like, I like to focus on the possibilities because I yeah. feel like we could sit here all day and yeah, complain and complain and complain. Yeah. And, I do, and like I bust up Kristen because she's like, we need to make America great again. Like, like we were talking about the 20s. Everything was so great back then. It's like, guys, like there were still segregated schools. Like things were not actually great yeah. back then. Women yeah. could barely vote. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. actually, I don't want to go back. I don't. That's the whole MAGA problem. It's like, what again are we talking about? Because if like you're an African-American, it's like we actually don't want to go back there. Like, is that OK? You know, it's like, it's I'm, not an inclusive statement. I know. I, th- I think it's more for me, at least as someone who loves that saying is the leadership. Right now, our leadership is a joke. We have a president who cannot have a full sentence. And that's embarrassing. Well, that's embarrassing. Well, listen, <laughs> when Trump was speaking, it was embarrassing, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but no one. There was a clip him. of when he was mi- literally physically impersonating a mentally disabled person. Like, yeah. that's not OK. I don't think that's OK. But no one messed with us and we had peace and no one mm-hmm. messed with but us. But I would say when the world stopped or started to have a little fracture and the respect for us happened around when Trump was reigning. And I'd travel around and they'd say, are you guys really going to elect him? And then we did. And they're like, you guys really elected him? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this guy. And even, I mean, people say they like his policies. And, and you know, if his policies were good, you wouldn't even know because his rhetoric was so, so divided. That, that's, that's, so, that's the horrible part. Because when you think sad. about like, okay, Trump made peace with the Middle East. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if many people would argue with that, but I believe he did he at did. that time. And 
And, you know, he wasn't giving money to Iran to fund all these extremist ideologies. And now, like, okay, we don't want to take oil from our own country. I get it from an environmentalist standpoint. But, like, now we have Biden here. Yeah, he's sleepy. He's not doing, he's not saying any stupid shit. But, like, he's yeah. causing global issues. Well, Biden is, for sure. Where do you stand with 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 Palestine and Israel? We have to ask you. Oh, yeah. So... I found out I was Jewish when I was in my early 20s. My mom told me how my grandmother had to hide her Judaism to survive during the Holocaust. She was in Munich, Germany. My grandmother also came home. Her whole block was bombed and my great-grandmother was killed in that. So I can't imagine the trauma she went through. And I understand deeply the need for Israel to have that space for Jews who have been persecuted for thousands of years. And the anti-Semitism that we see is disgusting and, and how it's almost being justified. Yeah. It's really alarming to me the fact that it took so long for UN women to call out the atrocities against women on October 7th and the rape and Ugh. and people are the comments you see on social media are just I don't yeah, know. like somehow that could have been justified in any way. I told like, Aurora that too so because brutal. I saw the battling of people. That one I took a step back on, you know, because mm -hmm. I'm like, what's happening? I had to process it all because I I'm I stick to what I know in America, I'm not, uh, don't talk about international. I really, I, the first to say, I don't know, but I'm like, people are battling as if there's a side. Mm -hmm. I'm like, women are being raped and murdered in the streets in broad daylight. Children are being beheaded. And there's an argument here of a side. So like, I think it's important. And I also saw the footage from the Hamas body camera, body cameras mm -hmm. that they showed at the museum of tolerance. So yeah. it was Oh, just seeing that and, and being pregnant yeah. was especially difficult. And while we were watching it at the Museum of Tolerance, which is trying to, you know, share stories about genocide and the Holocaust and, and discrimination, you had rallies outside with people shouting anti-Semitic slurs. So I think first off, to answer your question, that all has to be denounced. There has to be, <laughs> that should be indisputable. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of humanitarian work. I told you I worked in war zones with kids. So I get how heartbreaking it is to see the images out of Gaza and no one wants to see that. Yeah. I think long term, I'd like to see the United States less war mongering and more uplifting impoverished populations and maybe, you know, STEM for kids providing opportunity. I think that would really lend itself better to world peace. Yeah. We are in the situation where we are in now, though, and I understand, you know, that we're in the midst of war. So that's a different discussion. I know nobody wins in war. It's like yeah. that's why it's like when people want you to pick a side. But it's like, listen, any child that's dying yeah. right now, it, it's there's neither one is more is more horrible. Yeah. And you, you breed a lot of extremism when you create that sort of desperation. And so I, I do think it's in Israel's best interest, aside from just being the right thing to do to minimize civilian deaths, but it's in Israel's best interest and, and the world's best interest to to minimize yeah, it's, it's so sad when Biden was elected, my first reaction and the first thing I said to my husband was go invest in any sort of nuclear stock. We're going to war. So what do you think leading in, you know, especially running right now, going into 2024, what are your predictions and how are you preparing yourself with this this run? I love how positive you are and thinking about the possibilities rather than just talking about the problems. But how are you preparing yourself for this year? And do you think it's going to be as big of a shit show that people are predicting? <laughs> I mean, who do you think is going to end up <laughs> being the top two for our presidential candidates. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. I, so I think it's me, Newsom and Trump. Um, I love Kennedy. I, I love him. I just, mm -hmm. unfortunately, I think that the MAGA like population is so strong on the, on the, on the Republican side mm -hmm. that they want to see him in so bad. I'm happy with either one personally. 
I love him. And do you know who his wife is? Who? He's married to that actress from Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, I love her. I love oh, her. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> She's the best. Fun fact. Yeah, yeah RFK's yeah. wife. Who do you think is going to... I think Newsom's going to come in in January, February 2024 and announce his, his run. I mean, is that a serious... Like, is he serious? Nobody likes him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's but he's not still in my here. Part. He's powerful. He's very charismatic. And he is... He is more moderate lately. Things yeah. like what I mentioned the Skittles. earlier. <laughs> no red Skittles like 10 years from now. That was a pivotal oh, yeah. moment in history. Honestly, that. that is a very, I was very happy about that, but we do have other things we need to address yeah. first. <laughs> but in terms of prepping myself for the next year, just to go back to that question, <laughs> a lot of prayer. Yeah. And, yeah. Like therapy or something. No, but really I think just keeping the eye on the prize and my why is so important at yeah. this juncture because there's so much noise and dysfunction and it's easy to lose sight of what you're fighting for mm-hmm. and the the goodness in yeah. it all. At the end of the day, we're still a country people want to come to. We're still the most beautiful state in the nation and have a lot to offer and fighting for my daughter's future. I think there's no greater why. So every time something nags at me or that dysfunction falls upon me again, or there's a dark cloud that comes in, I got to go back to that. And I think that's really the biggest preparation is just to be in the right mental state. Yeah, I think that's great. Because then you can like being a woman and, you know, nobody can know everything that's happening in every corner of the world. Sometimes I feel like, oh, I shouldn't open my mouth because I might not have all the facts. But and also there's people that are smarter than me or I'm not a man or like it sounds like you're doing a really good job with curbing that like imposter syndrome that we all can have sometimes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I definitely still have it at times. But at the end of the day, when I think about what I've done, I've lived 10 lives in one. And I've I've talked to more Californians and probably any of the people who have represented the state mm-hmm. just because I've been doing, I mean, at least for that same time period, because I've been doing it for 20 years. Totally. Across mm-hmm. the state, in the trenches, you know? And so I I am very qualified in yeah. a unique way that I think would actually make me much better suited for this position because I 100%. have no special interest other yeah. than just wanting my state to succeed. Right. I, I, I feel that for you because I'm one of those people in this day and age I want to go back to you you being pregnant is like everything and like my passion and I know people hate me for it. Some people love me for it. It all comes down to me protecting my family. Mm -hmm. That's it. Like my intentions are good. I want the best for my family. And I think a lot of people do no matter where you are. We just have different ways. But what I like about you is that you're taking an unconventional route because you're listening to the, the average people. You know, these elitist senators who maybe have been groomed their whole lives to do this. They haven't been on the trenches talking to Californians and understanding their needs. And I yeah. think you do. And as someone who goes down the list of Republican, 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 and just, I don't even know. Am I? Yeah, I'm like, are you? Really? Like, am oh, I hearing that? Am I bringing you to the dark side? You guys, I want to. I'm just saying, Kristen I, is voting Democrat this I year, guys. Supporting anyone who might support you. How about that? Oh wow, we have got a well, convert over here. I got this on the record. Yes. Well, you know, that's the whole point, though, of why I'm doing this is because I think we need to bridge that gap. And it doesn't matter. I don't even care if you're Democratic or Republican. I just I want someone who truly cares and will be willing to listen to the other side. Because at the end of the day, that's what this system was set up for. You had Democrats, Republicans coming together, bringing their different mm-hmm. varied ideas and then making a stronger decision yeah. with the diversity of thought. And now it's more of a, a win Against lose. each other. Yeah. Whereas before it was, that's meant the intention is to be collaborative in your different right. ideas and ideologies. It's almost like people are addicted to the divisiveness. Yeah. You know, oh, for like, sure. We're fed it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. We're fed it and on the, all well, the media, media is capitalizing on Ugh. it. And it, I personally think media is the problem because it's it's paid. It's 
pharma backed. It's a long list of things. And people are getting their information of things that maybe aren't necessarily true. Yeah. I won't disagree that media can be part of the problem. And I think social media, especially because there's so many anonymous bots or bots Mm -hmm. that are paid for by Russia or China who are stoking the flames and trying to create more division. And Mm -hmm. they're almost trying to get us from within. Yeah. Make Rome Mm -hmm. fall from within. Totally. But I will also say sometimes there are conspiracies around media of, you know, like you said, they're pharmacy, pharma backed or whatever. Mm -hmm. I never once in a single story was told to report a certain way or not a certain way when it came to that's good pharma. Now, I will say that as a whole, I noticed media pushing the shot. Of course. And I think there are a lot of people that question that, too, you yeah. know, that would kind of push back on it. And I never wanted to be I was always very neutral when it came to that because people need to make their own health care. Yeah, I love and that. And I think that's one of the silver linings of this time, like after the whole covid thing and everything like nobody is like, I only listen to CNN anymore. Nobody's like, I only listen to Fox. I think we're all a little skeptical because we've all been like, had the rug pulled out from under us in some way. I'm hopeful that we will all come out of this and be great again, for lack of a better term, because we've gone through the shit and we've come out through it with that silver lining of, hmm, maybe I'm going to do my own research or I'm going to double think. Like I never thought about, like I was like, oh, this is what you do. You go to the doctor, Mm -hmm. you take the shots and you, you move on. But yeah had COVID not happened, I probably would have kept doing that. So there is some goodness in this is we're having these conversations. I would have never, you never talked about politics before mm-hmm. ever. That was like the rule of thumb. Yeah. Don't talk about religion. Yeah. Don't talk about politics. <laughs> yeah. And now we're talking about ladylike. I think we're going to come out of this. We're all becoming better per- people with bigger voices. And I yeah. think that's going to make us stronger, especially women yeah. mm-hmm. and mothers. And when you are critically thinking like that, it's also important when you see a label like Dem Republican to apply that critical thinking there too. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I want part of the message to be. And also research should not just include reading on social media because people are 70% more likely to share a fake story per this study that MIT did. Mm. So they need to look beyond that. I mean, I will definitely (laughs) admit that I've shared fake stories, but I have come, whenever I do something like that or speak out, because I'm, I'm the media's favorite target. I'm like, I get, um, I have an emotional reaction. I share things. And then sometimes I have to go back and be like, Okay, turns out that was fact check yeah. and that wasn't exactly it. But yeah, we're all learning, guys. We're just all human. And is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with just in terms Ooh. of like where to find you and also just why we, where to vote for you, yeah, how to vote for how, you? Why ultimately, let's leave it with this. Why should someone vote for you? People always say good people. We need good people to run. We need good people in office. I think there hasn't been a candidate like me in at least a generation who is willing to reach across the aisle be more of a moderate voice, bring all different perspectives to the table and make the best possible decision. This is a type of leader we need. Yeah. And so it's more important than ever to back someone like me, especially when you have this political machine that is fighting. And to make someone that under the age of 70 would be <laughs> yeah. great. <laughs> and ChristinaVercalifornia.com is my website if people want to check okay. it out. And do you have an Instagram? A lot I do. Okay. Yeah. At Christina Pascucci. Okay. Which do we need to spell that or they can just put it up on your Well, s- why don't you spell it out and then P-A-S-C-U-C-C-I. Okay. And we'll tag you here. And again, I just want to thank you for being so graceful. I know. Thank I'm you. And <laughs> beauty, she's great. Yes. I love yes. it. Yes. She's going to be a new the, senator. These are the honestly the conversations we need to have. And I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful and I'm grateful that there are people like you there's you guys if you're on my side there are good ones and on Kristen side. is now a democrat she's been converted all right easy okay, there easy there. That yeah. <laughs> thank you thank you yeah. 
please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.